help support, uh, to hire a couple to help lead, start and lead the campus ministry at UNAM in Mexico City with over uh, 100, no wait, I think over 300,000 students there. And uh, they call it the University City. And uh, anyways, this couple is visiting with us today from Mexico City. And I want to introduce Victor and Sandra Nava right over here. If you can go ahead and stand up. Bienvenidos. They were converted. They were converted in the, in the campus ministry in UNAM over 20 years ago. And have been leading on staff there in Mexico City for many years. And uh, have just been recently asked to start the campus work there in Mexico City. So they came up here for the past few days, hanging out in Orange County, hanging out in our region, just trying to learn what God has been doing through the campus ministries here and take some of those lessons back there. So, bienvenidos, gracias por estar aquí con nosotros. Estamos muy animados que están aquí con nosotros. Amen. Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. You guys ready? Here we go. Matthew chapter 5. Verse 14, Jesus says, You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. You know, today is a day where with just a little bit of sacrifice, a little bit of asking our co-workers and neighbors for donations, we can let our light shine in a great way, as Jesus has asked us to. Jesus' desire is for us to be a shining bright light in our communities, like this picture here. You know, there's dark world, but a lot of times we are a little bit more like this. You know this guy here, Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh? Like... You know, I just am always sad, and being a Christian is such a struggle, and I just don't know if I can be a Christian every day, and do you see what I'm saying? Jesus, Jesus didn't come here saying, hey, go in your communities and really look sad and be depressed about your Christianity all the time. No, he said, go be a light to the world. Let your deeds shine bright that the communities, the cities will see. Your light shining bright, and I want to talk about this today. I want to talk about how we can be more of a light shining here in the greater Long Beach area, amen? When I study the scriptures and see Jesus' heart and his mission, when you read in Luke chapter 4, we're not going to read this right now, but there's a passage where uh, in Jesus comes into the synagogue and in Luke chapter 4, it talks about, he, he goes in the synagogue, they give him uh, the scroll to read from. He, he rolls it out and reads this prophecy from Isaiah, where it talks about him proclaiming freedom to the prisoners, proclaiming the good news to the poor, uh, giving sight to the blind, and all these kind of things. And then he rolls it back up and gives it back to the attendant, and everybody's looking at him. And he says, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And then he goes on to explain himself in that. And then if we continue reading that chapter, later on in chapter 4, Jesus, you see Jesus getting in there and he heals Peter, uh, Peter's mother-in-law. 
And then he, he heals a man, a demon-possessed man. And then in Luke chapter 5, he heals a man with leprosy. And then he heals another man who's paralyzed. And then it talks about he healed many with diseases. And then Luke chapter 6 says he heals a man's hand who is shriveled. And, he, and then in Luke 7, it talks about he heals a centurion's uh, servant and raises a widow's daughter from the dead. I mean, Jesus was all about people. When you read about Jesus proclaiming the good news to the poor, setting the, the, the blind free and all these kind of things, whether it's spiritually blind or physically blind or whatever, who cares? We know Jesus was all about people. He came here to serve people, to give to people, to love people. And then in chapter 7, it's interesting what happens. Some of John the Baptist's disciples, they get a little nervous and John the Baptist himself doesn't even know if Jesus is really real, the real Messiah they're waiting for. And in verse uh, 21 of chapter 7 in Luke, in Luke chapter 7, it says, At that very time, Jesus cured many who had diseases, sicknesses, and evil spirits, and gave sight to many who were blind. So he replied to the messengers, Go back and report to John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. We see in chapter 4, he just announced what he's going to be doing, and already in chapter 7, three chapters later, the mission's being fulfilled. He was all about people. He was concerned about their eternal destiny, for sure, and for their physical felt needs right there in the moment. Jesus was all about people. You know, I think as a church, uh, I'm so proud of our church. I'm so grateful for our church. I think as a church, we've been great at both seeking and saving the lost, helping people find a relationship with God, and also helping uh, with the poor and the needy. But I think we do have a tendency at times to get so busy and so distracted and so consumed and concerned with our own household and our own life that we don't realize as followers of Christ, we've been given a task to literally change the world. It's not through political agendas. It's not through any sort of business entrepreneurship, but through the love of Christ. Many times we get so distracted and we get so consumed and, and then we get consumed not just in our own lives but just in our church and we want a nice, I just want a nice safe neighborhood church for my child to grow up in. And we forget about people. We forget about the needs of people. We forget about really why we're here. And the Bible talks about if you are in Christ, if anyone claims to be in Christ, he must walk as Jesus did. And what did Jesus do? He was around people all the time. Healing, serving, giving, touching, all this kind of hugging, preaching, teaching. Jesus was all about transforming lives. Amen? Serving the poor, serving the needy, wasn't just a once a year thing for Jesus. It wasn't a once a month thing for Jesus. It wasn't something he needed a program for. It was just a way of life. Serving the poor and needy was just a way of life. 
before Jesus. And I think I want to challenge us today to have a softer heart towards the needs in our communities, especially as we give to Hope Worldwide today and as we consider some of the, the, all the things that Hope Worldwide is doing all around the world, what are we doing here in our own community to be able to serve and meet needs right here? In Luke, um, many times in the gospel, we see this phrase. It says, uh, you know, Jesus, Jesus had compassion on, or Jesus was filled with compassion here, or these kind of things. And he, Jesus didn't, he, he he didn't, get, he didn't get angry with people. He didn't get disenchanted with people. He, he had hope for people. He believed in people. He didn't get frustrated. He was compassionate because he understood the spiritual battle that each, one, each, each person that he interacted with was going through at that time. And it makes me consider this passage here that I want us to study out today in Luke chapter 6, verse 31. Jesus says, do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies. Do good to them and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great and you will be children of the Most High because He is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. Jesus, Jesus takes love, our idea of love, and he takes it to a whole nother level. It goes against everything that's normal or comfortable to lend without expecting anything back, to give without expecting any thank yous. You know, what gets me about this passage is when he says, that God is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. My human thinking is so limited and God's ways are so much higher than mine that it's even difficult for me to even sort of agree with God. God, I don't know if you're right because this whole thing, I mean, we gotta teach people how to be grateful. You can't be nice to the ungrateful and the wicked. I don't agree with you, God. I'm so limited in my thinking. Because God's love is beyond understanding. Surpasses all knowledge. And I think to myself, how many times do I do something and I want to hear a thank you? At least. And when I don't hear that, I get judgmental towards that person. And then now that I'm judgmental towards that person, every time I see that person, I'm going to think, if I serve this person, I know he's going to not going to say thank you. <laughs> so now I'm prejudging this person. And yet God is kind to the ungrateful. 
is that my heart toward people? Do I really, or do I really need for others to thank me and see what I'm doing? You know, serving the poor, serving the needy in our communities, it's, it's an unconditional love issue. Do we really serve? Do we love without expecting anything in return? You know, it talks about here how your reward will be great. You know, don't worry. And even in, in, in Matthew 6, it talks about, don't, you know, don't let your right hand know what your left hand's doing. Just, just give, and your Father who's in secret will, will reward you. And a lot of times we can get this, like, over-spiritualized, like, you know, um, uh, somebody come up and say, man, thank you so much. Oh, the, don't, my reward is in heaven. I know it is. But, you know, in the back of your mind, you're thinking, you know what? I should get some recognition. You're welcome. Actually, I'm glad that you, I got to serve you because you can learn from me. You, you see what I'm saying? We can get just this twisted mindset of serving. And this is not just in serving the poor and serving the needy. This is also in serving one another and helping within the church and helping other people and helping one another. We can get like this. Like we're waiting for a thank you. And yet Jesus says, just love one another as I've loved you. Give without expecting anything in return. I'm simply amazed at how God loves us no matter what. There's nothing we can do to earn more of God's love. Like I'm going to do just, I'm going to serve a few more people than the next guy so that I can get more love. It doesn't work with God. God just loves. That's just who he is. He loves even when we're unkind and ungrateful and wicked. God's merciful. You know, the poor and needy, when I think about the poor and needy, um, those with, that, that need our help, resources, financial help, um, some people just need a conversation. Some people just need a hug. Some people need help during the holidays to get gifts for their kids and these kind of things. When I think about these people, you know, in the context of this passage, they're not enemies, but many times there is a no reward. There's no paying back, and sometimes there's no thank you, and many times we don't even know if it's helping or not, but it shouldn't stop us from being merciful and loving unconditionally. All we have to do is remember how much we've been loved by God and how much mercy we've received from God despite our own ungratitude and wickedness. 1 John chapter 3, verse 17 says, If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? Dear children, let's not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. I think a lot of us, we start and have great intentions to serve people. We have a great idea. We put it in our calendar. We commit to it with our small group. We sign up. But when the time comes to meet the need, we forget or don't really think about it and it never gets done. You know, I've been part of these. Uh, I'm so grateful for our champions of compassion within the ministry here who are helping to uh, promote different projects. But I've attended some of these projects and it's like the same people are there every month. And I'm wondering, where are all the disciples? Should we not all be together serving our communities? And I know many people are doing their own thing, their own projects, and it's very exciting that these things are happening. But I'm just wondering how many of us, I know I've done it so many times, 
I'm just going to write this in my calendar. I'm going to be there this Saturday. And then I just completely forget. Jesus always had time for the down and outs, for the needy, the weak, the sick, the poor, the marginalized. How's our heart really when it comes to giving to Hope Worldwide today? When it comes to being a part of a service project, I mean, I hope today you leave here and those sign-up sheets out there are just full. After just reading just this simple verse. Do to others as you would have them do to you. Let's love not with words, but with action and in truth. I am so thankful for Hope Worldwide. I really am. You know, I, I've been a disciple now for uh, over 18 years. And as I reflect on my life as a Christian, I realize that a huge reason of why I'm even here as a preacher is because of Hope Worldwide. Hope Worldwide, it transformed my thinking. It transformed my life in some of the most crucial years of my life, and it gave me a vision of wanting to help people and wanting to give my whole life and all of my time to helping people. Let me explain. In 1994, Hope Worldwide started a program called Hope Youth Corps. And uh, I was 14 at that time. And uh, this program, Hope Youth Corps, was designed for high school students and college students. And what it did is what it, it would provide an open door for these uh, young people to be able to visit third world countries and to be able to serve the poor, be a part of the church there, serve in the church, and really just teaching the mission of Jesus which is to, have, to meet spiritual needs and to meet felt needs in the moment. And um, I remember going in 1994. I got to go to Manila, Philippines. And in the Philippines, we spent about two weeks there and serving the poor in what was called Smoky Mountain. Smoky Mountain was an area where um, basically it was a huge uh, town built of trash. And it was trash dumps. And people would go digging through the trash dumps to get uh, food, money, things to sell, whatever. Kids swimming in, like, sewage, you know, just, it was just, this is what I saw at 14. So think about this. As a 14-year-old, I'm seeing this. I'm, I'm giving these people clothes. I'm giving these kids uh, piggyback rides, I'm, you know. I'm, we're hanging out. What does this do to a 14-year-old? It shifts the mindset. It gives a little more perspective. When I was 15, I got to go to Johannesburg, South Africa. In South Africa, I was holding babies with, who were HIV positive. Who knows how long they had to live? We were going to the, in the, into the townships trying to teach people about AIDS and HIV because the epidemic was, it was out of control. Think about this. As a 15-year-old, what I got to see, it shifted my mind. It opened my eyes out of my, I, li I was living in South Florida at the time, out of my South Florida, Miami bubble. It showed me, wow, there's a world out there. When I was 16, I got to go to Mexico City and live in an orphanage for about two weeks 
and do carnivals for the kids and play with the kids and all this kind of stuff. At 17, I got to go to China, Hong Kong, China. And we're in Hong Kong, China, teaching English to kids in the towns and stuff like that and giving them uh, resources and opportunities. At 18, I got to go to Philadelphia, New York, and Boston and be a part of this thing called the Story Tree Gang. We were singing songs about personal hygiene and gang violence and all this kind of stuff in the different inner cities of those, of those uh, cities. At 19, I got to go to South Cape Town, South Africa, again, to work with HIV-positive children, and then to Mexico City, an orphanage, and then to Cambodia, where with my own eyes, I was able to see the Sienok Hospital that we're going to see a video about, where the Sienok Hospital in Cambodia is the only facility in the whole nation that provides free health care, free medical services. They see thousands upon thousands of people. And just recently, a, uh, there was in the southern part of the country of Cambodia, a German, uh, uh, I don't know if he was a doctor or what, but he, don't, he, he built, constructed a huge state-of-the-art hospital um, with his money to, to uh, acknowledge his daughter who had passed away. Uh, he wanted to help out children in another, in another country, and he asked Hope Worldwide to run the whole hospital. But I got to go see this. And you can imagine, as a college student, what this is doing to my brain, <laughs> to my vision. More recently, Marina and I got to serve uh, helping lead youth corps here in Los Angeles and then also in New Orleans after Hurricane Katrina and got to serve in those areas. And I'm, I'm saying these things, guys, because it's not about, wow, Reuben, that's so crazy, that's so cool. But it's helped you to see the huge impact that hope is having, not just around the world, but in individuals' lives like myself who got to see this stuff. And it's shifted my mind. It's changed my perspective. It's helped me to see people the way God sees people. And it's actually given me a vision that, wow, it, with the desire, with the heart to be more and more like Christ and the effort, we can actually change the world. You know, many times I can feel overwhelmed by this. Like it's one more thing to do. I got to go to this project, or I got to go help this person, or I got to go serve this needy situation. The reality, and we, and we act like it's something that we need to add to our Christianity, when in fact it is our Christianity. It's living as Christ did. Something that's helped me, I read this book, uh, The Hole in the Gospel, and uh, it's a great book. And one of the principles he had there was do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. Can you imagine if each one of us, just within this holiday season, just Thanksgiving, think about Thanksgiving and Christmas, if we all decided just to serve and help one person. Brian already read that scripture with five loaves and two fish, what God did in multiplying that. Can you imagine if you just served one person? Just that you saw a need in your, cla your, your classmate's family or your co-worker's family or that person in the supermarket or in the inner city or, the, you know, the rescue mission or the veterans or well, if you just saw one and you just put a smile on that one person's face by giving them a meal or by giving them a gift or clothing or meeting a felt need. Can you imagine what can God do with that? 
Do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. Luke chapter 5, to close out. Is our mission to help the lost be saved or to help the poor and needy? I say, yes. It's both. It's all of that. It's the heart of Jesus. He's all about people. You know, I am very proud of our church. I'm very thankful for our church. I'm, I'm thankful for Rick and Donna Mark. Uh, Rick and Donna are champions of compassion here for the GLB and have organized and, and helped motivate, promote, uh, advertise all the different projects that we're trying to do as a church. And I'm just so thankful for them in, in keeping us aware of what's happening and asking us, continuing to send out the emails and organize and all the people that are helping them because each ministry, singles, campus, married, that we have different people that help coordinate and organize. I'm so thankful that Rick and Don have kept this before us. So proud of the money that we're going to be collecting today for Hope Worldwide. So proud of the many disciples sacrificing, all of us sacrificing, just give a little bit more. But I want to, I want to call us to, to take it higher to get more, to, to do more, to serve more. To, and, and we can always strive to be more and more like Christ. Luke 5 says, while Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. He, that, when he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said. Be clean. And immediately... The leprosy left him. I love Jesus. He didn't have to. He didn't have to heal that guy. But he says, I am willing. Are you willing? You know, when we're willing, we act. Jesus' lifestyle and ministry was all about helping people spiritually and helping people right there and then in their felt needs. And he calls us to follow and do the same. It's not the job of just the champions of compassion and just, you know, the, the staff or whatever, or the small group. It's not. It's everybody's job to seek and save the lost and to serve the poor and needy. What have we become distracted by? I want us to be careful that we don't become a nice safe neighborhood church but that we are always on the edge of faith serving loving giving to people and helping them in their own situations this is guys what i'm sharing with you today these are scriptures that are challenging me right now this is not something that i'm awesome at i think we're all in the same boat like there's some people that are awesome at this stuff but I think the majority of us need help in getting there and encouragement of one another to get even further and do even more for the glory of God. Jesus was willing to get his hands dirty for us. You know, we think about spiritual leprosy. He was totally willing to cleanse us and set us free through his blood. And we're going to take communion right now. And as we take the bread, as we take the blood, as we consider the cross, I want us to recommit 
to recommit ourselves to being thankful for our cleansing through Christ, to recommit ourselves to the mission of helping, loving, and serving people because Jesus was all about people. And I want us to recommit ourselves to just being able to see people the way that Jesus sees people. Let's be thankful for what we have in Christ. And as we take the, the communion, let's meditate on these things. And let's make some decisions as we leave tonight to go sign up for, to do something, to serve in some way. We may know something even in our own small group, somebody in our own Bible talk that may need encouragement and help in a, in a specific manner. Let's help them. Let's encourage them. Let's be more and more like Christ. Do to others as we would have them do to us. What you want to do for everyone, do for one. And we'll see this world change. Let's pray to God. Our Father, we love you and we're so thankful. Uh, for this time, so thankful that we get to take communion right now and think about Jesus on the cross for our sins. And uh, Father, thank you for the body, uh, the bread that we're going to take that represents his body. And uh, Father, thank you for the body of Christ that we get to be a part of. Father, as we take the cup, thank you so much for your uh, cleansing through the blood of Christ. And thank you so much, uh, Father, that Jesus was willing uh, to cleanse us, that he was willing to reach out his hand and touch each one of our lives through his blood. Father, I pray that we can um, just gain a greater vision of what you are doing around the world and what you can do through each one of us right here in our own communities. Help us to love the way that you love. Help us to love unconditionally without expecting anything in return. Father, we don't understand why you're, you're kind to the ungrateful and the wicked, but God, help us to love that way. We honor you. We praise you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.